This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to learn how interfaith works, our work helps to improve dialogue and cooperation among different religious faiths in the workplace. And we're going to talk about a unique approach to a childcare business. In studio with us today is Wendy Holbrook, the Executive Director of Interfaith San Antonio Alliance. Wendy, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. Short notice guests, uh, Howie, appreciate the introduction. And uh, we had an open chair, so I appreciate you being here. I'm looking forward to learning about what you guys are doing over there because I actually have a lot of uh, belief in what you guys are doing. Great. Would you like to sponsor? (laughs) Uh, We'll have to talk about that. Excellent. Uh, the, actually, being on the show is a way of sponsoring, I guess. That's it true. is. That's true. We, yeah. We're all giving back. Also in studio with us today is Noelani Rivera, the owner of Luminosity Childcare. Noelani, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm really excited to be here. And I'll call her Lonnie from here out in case anybody's wondering. You go by <laughs> Lonnie. I love the name. It's uh, What's the background on Silvery the name? Silvery Mist in Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Yes. How long did you live in Hawaii? Or have you? Or did zero you? years, zero months, zero days. <laughs> oh, you never lived there? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Well, welcome to Texas. Were you born here? <laughs> I'm very, very mixed. I'm like everything under the sun. So it's it's mostly from my dad's side. There's like Hispanic Hawaiian over there. And then my mom's side is Puerto Rican, European, some other stuff down the line. I think probably from my dad's side, a little bit of Japanese. I don't know. I'm just going off of hearsay. I need to do like a 23 and yeah. or some DNA test or something. <laughs> Figure out your roots. Yeah, yep. I got you. I'm your host, Mark Eminger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And my name is Howie Nestel, 100% Laredoan, born and raised. And I'm today's co-host. I own an ad agency called Sharkmatic Advertising. And when I'm not helping clients build their businesses through digital marketing, I'm happy to help organizations like Interfaith San Antonio with their social media, and digital marketing as it pertains to their nonprofit initiatives. It's my my passion in life. i got to tell you, so uh, Sharkmatic's building uh, my website right now. The Krukus, it needs so much help, right? They're redoing the whole thing. And Eno has been fantastic, by the way. I know it's not just Eno, it's the whole Sharkmatic team, but uh, Eno's the, the front person for that. She's doing a great job. So yeah. Love your team. Eno's great. We, we have a culture of hiring people that fit in, that love clients, love marketing work, and then we try to teach them everything they need to know to be successful in business versus hiring superstars that are really good at marketing and then just don't play well with others. <laughs> so uh, we hire more for culture, but I'm glad that she's doing a great job for you. I will make sure I pass that along. Sweet. Quick reminder for our, our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions, uh, versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com and just look for our social media links there. YouTube, we have the full version of the show, and then we also do shorts, but everywhere else you're going to find shorts of the show, which is a great way to kind of get insight. Um, and then, of course, w- there's a huge community around the podcast here in San Antonio. We've done over 350 interviews, uh, more than 250 guests on the show. Some people come back for more, right? I guess they want more punishment. <laughs> That's right. Um, but it's a great way to build a network around uh, the podcast is what we're doing. So we're having our first uh, mixer up on January 25th. Uh, 
Yeah, and this is the unmixture of mixers because I know a lot of the guests that have been on and they actually already do business with each other and they've connected because of the show and then they stayed in touch with each other and that's why some of them come back for more. So this whole idea about doing a mixer, we open it up primarily for guests or past guests of the show um, and they bought a bunch of tickets and the the reason I say bought tickets is because we're collecting $10 from each attendee and we're donating it to a nonprofit this year. This first event, this first quarter is for the Children's Rehabilitation Institute Teleton USA, Crit USA, which is a nonprofit for kids with disabilities. And we were going to limit it to 100 people and that number came and went, then 120, and now we're approaching 150 and then that's it. After that, no more tickets, at least not for first quarter. Yeah, and that's how he's rule, right? He's like, Mark, no more than 150. We're going to stop yeah, at 150. A limited Create edition. scarcity. Yeah. Limited limit. only to the number we could sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's funny. All right. So uh, first up on the show, Wendy Holbrook. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. How did you end up involved with uh, the interfaith business? Where does that come from? Long history of not being involved in interfaith at all, but simply being a Baptist preacher. <laughs> so my background is that I'm a, an ordained Baptist minister. And in 2016, my husband and I visited San Antonio, just coming on vacation, you know, like you do. And we fell in love with the city. We'd lived in Kentucky for decades. That's my home state. But San Antonio, we couldn't get it out of our head. The diversity of people, culture, language... It just didn't exist in the little rural college town we lived in. And so literally we were here in February of 16. We moved here after 30 years in the same work, same kind of area um, in January of 17. So by 18, Interfaith San Antonio Alliance has been established as a brand new organization. And I was hired to be the executive director. And it was just such an amazing situation because I moved here with the absolute sense I want to expand my world. And what better way to do it than work for an organization that is involved with multi-faith, multi-culture, multi-ethnicity, multi-nationality, all the above. So why does it's that been amazing. Why does that appeal to you? I love people. I mean, people fascinate me. People enrich me. People energize me. And so that's the thing. In the little town I was in, it was a good place to call home, but everybody looked like me. Everybody sounded like me. Well, that gets a little so boring. Like I got a little boring with myself. Yeah. <laughs> you like diversity, right? I love diversity. And, and this, the idea of inclusiveness is really overdone a lot and misused. Mm. But when you talk about, uh, we've had these conversations already, but I love that you guys are really about just treat people like people. We're all humans. Let's mm -hmm. be kind to each other. Right. Let's not look for ways to divide. Let's look for ways to work together. And Howie, I know you do a lot of work in this kind of area as well. So you know, Wendy, how did you? Well, first of all, diversity and the concept is overdone and overused, but most people don't implement it. One of the mm -hmm. reasons why um, I was attracted to Wendy's personality and, and her mission and what she does is because she's actually putting her time and effort where her mouth is and bringing communities together that ordinarily live side by side but don't know anything about each other 
And then if you don't tell, and this is a good lesson for us in marketing, if you're not out there telling your story, somebody else is telling it for you and chances are they're getting it wrong. So what Interfaith San Antonio does is gives people a platform in organizations and, and, and different faiths a platform to talk about who they are, why they believe the way they do, and what points they can connect on with other faiths that might believe differently. But there's some points of connection, points mm -hmm. of commonality and similarity. And based on that, you know, uh, I know we're going to talk about an event, but we met, I think, at a mayor's event, and we had mutual friends together. And I thought, wow, by the way, being in interfaith, uh, you know, in an interfaith nonprofit alliance uh, is a great way to network because Wendy's in with everybody, politicians, business people, philanthropists, et cetera, because, you know, we all have some kind of faith, even if, even if we're atheist or agnostic, we either believe in something or firmly believe that we don't believe in something. Right. But, but it's still <laughs> That's a great, great way to put it. Yeah. But, but we still find a way mm -hmm. to connect, right? Because, oh, we want to hear a little more about that. And mm -hmm. what happens is sometimes you find how somebody else believes and you're like, oh, I kind of like that. I didn't mm -hmm. think that I, you know, and then you start migrating there and start doing a little bit of that. So. Well, and something you had said to me, Wendy, was that the people get, and I'm paraphrasing, but people get fixated on being right. Oh, yes, they do. <clears throat> What are your thoughts there when it comes to, uh, you know, this idea of being able to work together with people or be around other people of different faiths? Mm -hmm. If we can just put aside the need to be right, we can get so much more done. Absolutely. I mean, in my background, I saw it over and over again and still do, certainly, where people are so determined, I have to get it right. Whatever my, we'll say, relationship with the divine might be, it has to be right. And you miss the whole point that God's love is big enough for everybody. Full stop. Just leave it at that. And then however you work that out, that's good. Go for it. But be open to how other people are working things out. And we can get so much more done when we find those intersections. Because I learn from the Sikhs, the Jews, the Muslims, the Hindus that I work with all the time. And I learn more about who I am and what I'm called to do. So the more we can open ourselves up to one another, the more we all gain and the more we all grow. And it's not a matter of giving up. I mean, I'm still an ordained Baptist minister, but that's not all. That's only a point of reference. And at the end of the day, especially with respect to business, we have to work with people from all different kinds of right. businesses, all di different kinds of thoughts, backgrounds, religions, uh, whether they're ethnicity, culture, all of that. So if we're trying to, you know, only work with people in our box, right. or we're gonna we're gonna argue and we're gonna have strife between us and somebody else, we're working against ourselves. But we have to go beyond, if you will, being kind, because that's a first step, right? Being open hearted, being kind, but also listening. Back to what Howie was saying in hearing what other people's core beliefs are and what their practices may be, because that's a big thing in business, education, life. Um, with this panoply of religions, you have different traditions, different requirements, different holidays. All of those things are part of what we bring in to the workplace, right? And so it's going to be important to be listening to your staff, listening to the people you work with, your clients, et cetera, 
why aren't they open on Saturday? Why don't they do things a certain way? As opposed to just coming in with what may be preconceptions about how someone else should behave. It's important to listen and find out why they do what they do. I, I run a virtual staffing company. I, I, all my employees are out of the Philippines. So I've learned a lot about culture and how they do things and how they think about things and stuff like that. I've and continually learning, but it's not just about listening and learning. It's also about implementing as well. So somebody like if I tell you something that's important to me and you're listening and nodding your head, but then I, there's no action to that. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing. Then it, I'm not really being heard. So that's a big, uh, an important part too. Is that. And not just listening, but also then taking some kind of action that allows lets the person know that, hey, I actually was listening and I responded to well, it. Well, and if you, in this day and age, as hard as it is for business owners to keep, maintain uh, good relations with employees, keep them, hire them, et cetera, you want to know something about them. You want to know what their belief system is like. You want to give them that latitude that if they need some time off, you know, for something that they believe in, some kind of faith-based, you know, uh, holiday that they have, you want to be sensitive to that, you know, even if it's for selfish reasons, because you want to keep them on as employees. You know, the other thing is, you know, I'm Jewish and there's some mystique about that. So my employees all know they're like, Hey, what holiday is it today? And they're like, they go research and they put mm-hmm. it up on, Hey, does this mean we don't have to work? I go, no, that's, this means I don't have to work. <laughs> you guys, on the other <laughs> hand, unless you convert, you got to work. The school that I <laughs> Somebody's got to work. That is uh, Jewish as well. And since being there since March of 22, I've learned a lot about Jewish culture and not just what they do, but what they celebrate and why. Um, one of my favorite holidays is probably Purim. Oh, it's yeah. like Purim. Halloween and Mardi Gras and Easter and a lot of things put together and Christmas. Yeah. Like um, what most Christians or most of America would be considered the gift giving holiday. That's like theirs. And we're obligated to do a little drinking on Boom so yeah. and have some fun. Um, by the way, I was going to tell you, you know, there are so many, uh, you, and you said Jewish culture, which I like that because there are a lot of people who are Jewish that are culturally Jewish, but they're not religiously mm-hmm. Jewish. Mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily observant, but they like the culture around it. So it's, a, it's important to make that distinction. Right. Again, something that Interface Antonio has to navigate through. Right. And religion and culture are so closely tied. So, so very closely tied. But that's part of the thing. As Americans, we celebrate religious diversity, right? We, or religious pluralism is the actual term that is baked into the Constitution. So the scary thing is that Texas, and this is what got me really motivated in this work personally, in Texas, which is my adopted home now that I love, it scares me to learn that there are a multiplicity of hate groups rising up, and we got to do everything we can in the positive to help people understand and appreciate each other, to help build that hedge against those negative messages that hurt everybody, hurt business, hurt safety, hurt the economy, and hurt people. Yeah, and with social media, there's a lot more of that, a lot more reach. But that's always been a thing, right? There's always, you go back since the founding of our country. Oh, it's been a thing, but it is a rising tide right now. I haven't heard too much of it. Where are you hearing about this? National Public Radio. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, And about a third of people under the age of 25 get all their news from TikTok only as their only source of news. 
Yep. And we know that's not real news. But and if it's not TikTok, it's Instagram or any of the synonymous platforms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and, and there you're finding about at least a ratio of 10 to 1 negative versus positive stories. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to be the positive. There no, you go. We are being the we positive. Are being the we positive. are being the positive voice. Of I'm glad you said that. You know, I tell my kids, I go, hey, come here. Did you do your homework? I was trying, but whatever. I go, hey, try to pick up that pot real quick. They, they're like, what do you mean? Like, they pick it up. I go, no, try to pick it up. You actually picked it up. They go, well, I don't understand. They're like, this is trying. You did nothing. It didn't move yeah. anywhere. <laughs> so, so either you do or you don't. Right? Yeah. So, there is no try. That's a Yoda no thing. Try. Right. Yeah. It's true. So it's talk true. about the uh, Festival of Faith that's coming up. Well, Interfaith San Antonio Alliance is very much in the people business, and therefore we do a lot of convening. So convening is kind of a three-step thing. You convene with individuals. That's what I've been doing and what, as an organization, we've been doing over the last five years to develop those relationships, networks, all those things. Then you convene in smaller groups. And Howie's been a part of some of these where there's maybe 30 or so people in the room around a topic and some food. And, okay, now we're taking it to the next level. Let's do something public. Let's do an, a convening event where we bring people together. And this is what's happening on January 21st at the University of the Incarnate Word Bennick Music Center. From one to six in the afternoon will be the first ever Festival of Faiths in San Antonio, Texas. There are at least, to date, eight different faith traditions. We're talking about world religions here that are going to be represented. They're going to be there. They're going to be talking about who they are and sharing with people in a safe space to simply be known and be understood. To know and be known. I think that's really what this event is about. Uh, There will be public speakers. Mayor Nuremberg is going to be there as our opening guest. Um, A world-class speaker, Simranjit Singh, who's a native of San Antonio, is flying in from New York to be our closing celebration speaker. We have presentations. We have music. We have dancers. We have rock painting. I mean, it's all happening. Panel discussions. Panel discussions about the future of what does it look like to be a young person of faith and where are we going with that? Uh, And it's family friendly. So families are invited to come out. It'll be a day of entertainment. Yeah. And it's all 100% free. Thank you to our sponsors. Yes. Thank you to our sponsors. Who's sponsoring the event? Oh my, it's quite a list. Um, Our lead sponsors, our top sponsors are the city council. They made a $5,000 gift. Likewise, um, Methodist Healthcare Ministries. Those were our two top sponsors. And then their HEB, the HE Butt Foundation. So that's both sides. And then likewise, the Soul Center. And that's the Source of Light Center. And they're all about bringing people together for interfaith education. So those five cover our lead sponsors. And then there's, a, I believe there's 12 more at other levels of sponsorship. All, right, excellent. all of that's on the website. Awesome. Well, if folks want to go to the festival, how do they get... How do they get their tickets? Or The what? thing you do, because, yes, it is free, but we need everyone to register because space is always limited, and we need to plan, and we need to be careful with, you know, making sure we know who's there. So a registration, go to festivaloffaithssa.org, and the schedule's there, the details are there, and the registration link is there. What kind of food's going to be there? 
That is Wahida Kara, who is my <laughs> illustrious co-chair. That is her territory, and just planning to come and be amazed. Okay, and bring an appetite. I, yeah. I love to eat at events. <laughs> we're gonna have some. I hopefully we're gonna have some good food at ours. I think Genevieve's in charge. Of right. Our, you see, the people in charge of the food aren't here today. Yeah, I so know, we can't right? ask them. That's I why think. we don't have snacks. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but we have chocolates. But they're from Halloween last year, so. All right, well, uh, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate you coming in, Wendy. Uh, it was good to learn about that. And, and, again, I think the more we can listen to each other, be heard, yeah. and uh, and communicate and share. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thing. You bet. All right, next up on the show is Nolani or Lonnie Rivera from Luminosity Child Care. So, uh, Lonnie, so tell me about your background and what led you to get involved in the child care industry. You've got a background in child care. Yes. Um, I've been babysitting since middle school, high school, college. And um, it was a very casual thing um, for my mom's friends and just people that I knew, you know, that were closer to me. And um, about a year ago, almost to the day, uh, January 9th was when I started the um website for luminosity on january 9th um and then a few days later we started the facebook page my mom was saying hey you should just make business cards you know so that if my friends ask i can hand them out and i was like why don't i take that a little bit farther why don't i actually make something out of it and between all that i became a, a substitute teacher at the block and dream school for young children in castle hills um, and so I did a lot of networking and stuff over there too. I know about project co-work and all those people. Um, and they said the same thing that I should make it further, you know, bring it to something that I can actually, um, make a career out of. And now with luminosity, um, I actually was able to turn it into something besides just, you know, coming to someone's house for a weekend. I actually made it something that was, um, beneficial to a lot of families besides bringing them to a daycare center how so um i'd say the biggest thing um the biggest problem was uh covid that was right before uh, luminosity and um that was you know 2020 to present um and after covid started what happened was a lot of those daycares um schools etc were put on financial aid or they took some side some sort of government um aid from that three years down the line as of september of 2021 or uh 2022 they started to run out of that aid and so going into this year let alone this quarter and this month a lot of those places are actually going to be shutting down so i constantly say that we are in a child care crisis because those children are not going to have anywhere to go to be taken care of and the families are going to be at a loss. Right. Cause um, then they, then the parents can't go to work. Yes. Somebody has to take care of the kid mm -hmm. or the kids, God forbid they end up unsupervised and they get loose, Yep. you know, and go cause havoc around town. And it's <laughs> ironic because most of our families, not all of them right now, one or both of grownups <clears throat> work from home. And that was also because of COVID they were working somewhere else before and now they had no choice. Um, right. So that was the other thing is I wanted to wanted it to be in home care um, and not just make it, you know, um, worrying about opening and closing times or because of COVID other people's children, whether it had to do with behavior or with sickness. And even now we're even in a substitute crisis with uh, child care centers and uh, schools. When I say school, a lot of people think I work in a K through 12 setting. 
Um, I actually specialize in infants, but it's the same thing. If one kid is sick, that means everybody's sick, and then that goes to the teachers. And that's why I was worried about today because I'm actually slightly sick from the kids, and sometimes I prefer working in a home because that doesn't really happen. And if it does, it's very contained, and it's not like, oh, little Johnny is going to spread it to child 1, 2, 10 because they like a bring domino it, effect. Yeah, they bring yeah. it home to their families, and that was, I believe, one of the reasons how how – COVID spread so quickly too is because you know you touch one person they touch 10 other people and then oh yeah and especially kids you know they're they're petri dishes for Mm -hmm. you know viruses they're little snob fests and by the way one of my kids went to block and dreaven and for those of you that don't know the block and dreaven school at the bar shop jewish community center is probably one of the premier uh preschools Mm -hmm. in the city highest ranking etc so i guess in addition to all of your schooling and experience you're also getting some good training there yes there is a reason that i've stayed there they're also very uh, accommodating from the um, uh, employee standpoint they take care of their teachers i would say um they're very accommodating with with me and a lot of the other teachers whether you know they get in an accident or you know they have some medical issue come up um, there's that, but also, you know, speaking of just the school out of all of the ones that I've done a tour at and, or worked at, you know, they're, they're one of the best. Yeah. And I'm not biased when I say that because I've been in multiple settings. Right. So, point. so you're in charge of the infant. So you go and take them around in the little buggy where you put like eight or <laughs> yes. nine of them together. I see them being <laughs> wheeled to. around. Yes. Oh that's my God. that's, that's one of the things that we love thing doing in the world. Mm-hmm. I'll take you all whenever you want to go. And then you take, <laughs> take them outside and go down the hall and yeah. they see them and they're all like, eh, just I started wide as eyes. an assistant teacher. Yeah. So I was only with love the infants it. and then not even two, three months later during that summer was when I became a substitute. So I've, been working primarily with them i prefer to work in those classrooms even like with babysitting i do specialize with newborns and infants that are 12 months or under less than a year for the human beings that don't use months because they don't have kids (laughs) um but i have been with children from six weeks or newborns all the way to age five at this point and then with my business the oldest ones that we have are six-year-old boys and the I'd say the cutoff is 12, but we are actually working on something else for yeah. teens that I'll be talking about. Oh, yeah, good. Let me know future. because uh, I need my 15 and 17-year-olds supervised sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they all need supervision. How are you growing your business? What's the what's your marketing strategy there? Um, I do almost everything by myself. Uh, I've done several other things for other businesses that you might see. Um, I've done a promotional video for uh, now called Lati Da with Leah Flores, uh, one of my favorite business people around here, and um, also for Project Cowork. Uh, so that's something that I have done on my own. Back when I was in high school, I would just you know make edits and stuff for my friends. I do graphic design and stuff for fun, and I brought that into myself. You know, when you're a small business, you have to be everything. You're the president, CEO, owner, blah blah blah. You're also the Director social media marketing strategist and whatever you want to call it. Where do you it. spend the most of your time? Is it on acquiring new clients or is it on, you know, graphics and videos and social media? Where do you spend your time? Caring for the families. But okay, um, when it comes the to the marketing strategies, I'd say um, probably Facebook because that's where we have the Facebook page. So I post occasional blog content on, t- on there, but that's also where we post our availability and any important announcements and stuff. Um, I also wanted to kind of stick off of Instagram and TikTok because a lot of that audience is the grownups. The kids aren't going onto Instagram and looking at who's taking care of them. It's the grownups. 
um, and the website. I also uh, I currently do it through Wix, but I'm looking at other avenues probably sometime this quarter or within the year. They send me notifications on my phone of, you know, when people look at the website. So I can immediately go in and message whoever is currently looking at some sort of landing page or another page that we have and message them directly. So if anything, my marketing is myself um, messaging people directly and networking. I'd say networking is probably the biggest thing that has helped me so far. If I hadn't gone to... VentureX in January of 2023 and said hi to Claire when she was here and taking a tour of the space just for fun, I wouldn't be here. And, you know, she went somewhere else and I've met a lot of people that have come and gone from the space and yet I have gotten out so far because of, you know, just talking to people. I like to say that my face is my card. If uh, people can't see me, they don't know who I am. They can look at the website and look at, you know, my cell number and my email and all this other stuff. But if they don't see me in person and who's going to be at their home caring for their kids, then they don't know the business either. What's your strategy for growth over the next six months? Um, I would like to improve our website. Um, I'm also looking at hiring other employees. Right now we have one other caregiver, Xander Saragard. And um, because he is a male, he doesn't get out on the front lines much because he's a male. And there's unfortunately a lot of stigma for male caregivers. And I like to combat that because some of the nicest teachers I've seen were males and some of the most abusive or neglectful were women. So um, if anything, I would like to make it more open to males, but I don't want to close it off to only males. So one of my goals is to um, kind of indirectly hire male care caregivers, but I um, also need some requirements for them. They need to be at least 18 and they need to be first aid, CPR and AED certified. So, Howie, when it comes to, there, there's a certain wisdom about going against the current status quo when you're trying to launch a business because now you have to overcome this education. You've got all these other f battles that you're fighting, which might make sense if it's your secret sauce, but what are your thoughts on what yeah. she's saying? There? Well, I was gonna, you, I was gonna ask Lonnie about that what her differentiator was, and then you started talking about bringing on male uh, caregivers. And my 17-year-old son has been a camp counselor at the Dominion Camp for several summers, and then from that he got babysitting jobs. Mm -hmm. And none of the parents seem to have a problem with the fact that he's, you know, at the time was a 15-year-old boy, then a 16-year-old boy, now a 17-year-old boy. And when it comes to kids, he's very caring and compassionate and has me it actually cost me money because I have to take him to Target to buy toys because he doesn't want the kids on electronics all the time. So he <laughs> brings puzzles and other things, which then my son gets paid for babysitting and then I don't get my investment back. But that's a different story. <laughs> um, so I hear you. It's always good to have a differentiator. On the flip side, that tends to cost more money because then you have to educate the consumer. It's going to take you a little longer to convince them, and all that stuff translates into more money. It shouldn't mean that you don't do it. It just means that if you find that that is a good niche, definitely go all in, mm -hmm. you know? Sometimes uh, I don't have to convince them. One of my current uh, families, she has a six-year-old boy, and she actually, well, if anything, the son is the one who prefers Xander because he's such a typical boy. You know, he likes transformers and trucks and cars and all this stuff that just screams little boy. And he's had me a couple times, but after uh, Xander, the mom, 
she was like, so I think I want to get him for next time and every time. <laughs> and most of the time that we have him, he is going to sleep. She has us for like a nighttime routine. Yep. And so he's not even awake for that long. And that was something that kind of like triggered me into thinking like, okay, this might possibly work. I thought he would never get a shift because of something like yeah. that. Well, and then you can document that on social media where appropriate and where the parents allow, but mm-hmm. um, then that can kind of help get more more gigs. By the way, I was going to go back to your marketing stuff, give you a little point of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of advice, if I may. Look into doing a WordPress open platform website. My ad agency, Sharkmatic, has completed now 1,100 websites, and we've coded in everything from Flash, and clients come to us with Wix, and come to all kinds of stuff. And now everything we do is WordPress open platform. Tons of plugins, tons of updates. It's very good for search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if somebody like, you know, Wendy fires me from doing the Festival of Faith <laughs> website, then she could just plug somebody else in that knows WordPress and no longer need Howie. So there are a lot that. of ideas that I have that I would like to initiate, but they're on pause or they're not possible, yeah. at least not currently. Um, the biggest reason is that I've wanted to make promotional videos of me caring for the kids, having fun with the kids, but we do have a media consent form. And if the parents mark no for their child to be on the website or Facebook page, it's a no. So I'm not going to go posting the kids, even if their face is covered, even if we don't have their location, you know, their name, whatever on there. That's why I reference six year old boy, this family, this, that it's all for privacy reasons. And um, not only is it for legal reasons, it's just a courtesy and I'm not going to go, you know, ask them like, Hey, can we do this video? Or can I take pictures of your kids doing this when they have clearly and, you know, in black and white mark no on our forms. Yeah. Maybe just hire actors, right. Yeah. Or yeah. get child relatives actors. or something. Yeah. Child actors, actors or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that they go in with that consent form. So anyway, um, so what about challenges you've faced so far? Um, in your business? I'd say at first it was the outreach. You know, we had the the website and the Facebook page and they've been running for almost a year, but um, we have to also go off of word of mouth. Um, And that's why I started networking was because it's something in person. I'm going to be in person. You know, it's not um, an online service. And so when I started coming here and to a lot of other networking spaces, actually one of the first once that I went to was a mom group. It's funny being the only one in the mom group who is not a mom, unless you count my fur babies. Right. Um, after going there, it's like, boom, like everything kind of blew up. I was trying so hard with Facebook ads and Google ads and a bunch of other stuff. Yelp, big mistake. Don't do Yelp. Don't ever. No. <laughs> There's a lot of avenues that I went down that did fail. Um, and there are a lot of you know streets that I also went down where it wasn't a complete fail, at least to me, because uh, I tried and I did. And instead of me saying, oh, this is never going to work again, you know, I use it as a learning experience for the next time that I do do something like that. Um, example was that we had uh, what we call the Dipper Day. It's all astronomy themed. And so the kids are the little dippers. And we had an event where we went to a really good park and uh, Pearsall Park, if y'all haven't heard of it, it's a really nice park. Got like splash pads and like huge uh, skate park and all this other stuff. I was like, it's a little far for some people, but let me try it. Let me see what happens. So we had some snacks and a bunch of other stuff. And if anything, it was like 
and like an in-person advertisement you know um got like you know uh in contact with the parker i went around to like the city and saying like okay like is this wrong or not before i did anything i was all good i did it and nobody showed up except for the parents that were already there with their kids for the park not for us yeah and uh even Xander was like, man, this was such a fail. Like nobody came and whatever. Um, my mom and family and everybody uh, who's been keeping up with it, they're like, how did it go? I was like, not like I expected, but it wasn't all too bad um, because, you know, I still got to talking to some of the people that were there. Um, some of the parents were like, hey, like, can we have a snack or whatever? Like, yeah, sure. You know, um, there's a child with special needs who came up to us. Well, when it comes to marketing here in San Antonio, we know that that networking works. It's relationship mm-hmm. marketing. This whole thing, when you were, I, I saw you nodding your head mm, when you were talking about absolutely. Facebook ads yes. and all this stuff, it's like, no, 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 no. no. no, no. That's not the way to do things. If, maybe if you have money just to throw away. No, it's a support medium. So mm-hmm. Facebook ads, Instagram, yeah. any other social, even web design and search engine optimization, billboards, traditional TV spots, they're all support mediums and they're supporting your word of mouth. Now, I have people tell me all the time, they're like, man, I don't really do advertising because I get all my business through word of mouth. Now good to put all, <clears throat> put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So if you could support your networking and your face-to-face stuff and your presentations with other forms of marketing, it's great top of mind awareness. Because then people see, oh, I saw Lonnie, oh, that's right. I saw her on the podcast, I saw you here at uh, Project Cowork. By the way, if you wanna, if, if you wanna, um, uh, see Claire again. You buy a ticket for for yep. her networking thing, and you'll see her. <laughs> I see she, her all the time. She'll be there for anyway. Free. <laughs> um, these are support mediums, and and the synergistic effect of having all your marketing ducks in a row, plus networking, plus presenting, plus having a beautiful you know personality and loving to connect with people. All that equals success. But just one bunch of Facebook ads. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Just a website. Or just networking with no way to follow up. That's huge advice, dude. You need to be the jack of all trades with everything you can't have. At first. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be able to delegate, right, as you move along. Because, you know, as our job is, number one job is sales. We got to bring in the customers at least initially, right? Or for how you're still the lead generation person for your company. Um, But we've got to learn to delegate so that we can focus on the things that bring in the, the money to build the business. Yeah. That, that, that's a big thing. I mean, Wendy and I, she had a meeting, I'm working from ConCan, but my staff is still working. So revenue continues at my company. The work is getting done and the clients are happy, even if Howie's not here. That's right. So that's delegation. That, that's, but you're young, you have time, but have it on your radar because at some point you're, you're going to want to delegate. doesn't mean you can't stay involved. You're not abdicating your responsibilities, but you're going to delegate and give people stuff to do so that the machine continues to move even when Lonnie's not here. That's a whole other trap, uh, abdication. <laughs> you get to, oh, okay, I can retire now, right? Everybody, I got my stuff going on. Hey, I have a lot of business people that do that, yeah. and they and then they're they're back. It's like yep. a Mike Tyson's fourth retirement. I'm like, hey, I thought you retired. <laughs> well, yeah, but my business went to own a handbasket. I had to come back. Yep. Well, and so much of this is parallel. I mean, you know, I'm in the nonprofit world and you all are business people, but it's all the same. I mean, you know, what I do as an executive director for a nonprofit is the marketing, the media, the accounting. You have to follow up, text people, call them, send them a WhatsApp. Oh my gosh, herding cats. Sometimes you do need to find people that are almost, you know, 
parallel with what you do. Um, I'm possibly like in the future looking at partnering with nonprofits because most, if not all of them work with kids. And if not, then they, you know, have grownups, other adults that are planning on doing activities, at least with kids. Yeah, well, at least come, come take a tour crit with me. I'll invite you at the end of this month on the 30th of this month, 10 to 11, Children's Rehabilitation Institute. A lot of parents, a lot of children with uh, disabilities and a uh, good opportunity to network with other business people. All right. We are out of time. So we wrap this up. Uh, but Lonnie, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, we have luminositycares.com or we have the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash luminositycares. Luminosity cares. Yep. All right. As we wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. Good job, everybody. That's going to be it for us for this week. We'll see you on the next one. Good job, guys. Peace out. All right.